Good afternoon. It is July 18th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limonos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Last summer you were having some bear problems. I found a problem might even be a little bit worse. You didn't seem really too phased by the bear. The bear didn't seem too phased by you. But we have a Texas neighborhood. They are in trouble with a hawk. A hawk has laid eggs at some point previously and now it is not letting anyone go anywhere near the vicinity if you are outside you will be under attack it is getting so bad that the mailmen will they will not go there it has become too unsafe they said if you want to get your mail you go to the post office we will not be delivering anymore did the bear impact your post delivery no 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 the bear is far more interested in the the leftovers of my deliveries (laughs) Whatever, whatever's, whatever's in there, and, and you say this is an active problem. Like it is an active problem. It's not just last year; it just happened this week. And that that pair cleaned out everything in there. There is nothing but cardboard and plastic and undigestible stuff left over. I, it's like cleaned everything. It's eaten well over here. I'll, I'll tell you that the hawk is far more terrifying though, because the bear, it's not really uh, concerned about me. It, it kind of knows its stature. The, the the hawk is it's it's up above. I have no knowledge of it. I, I'm unaware of it. I don't know exactly how scared i should be it's just that i should be looking over my shoulder for it so i don't like that that's that seems way more terrifying a lot more going up in the air i'm not really looking up in the air i'm much more looking around where the bear's at and eye level over here so hawk sounds terrifying i'm not delivering mail definitely not worth it deal with your amazon two-day deliveries you know just figure it out yourself i i I don't know what else to say about it because I don't know what you're supposed to do either. There's not a whole lot I can do about the bear. You could do a whole bunch of things and then you just have a whole bunch of broken stuff because the bear doesn't care. You know, you could build this nice little tent and fort and lock it up and all that. And it's like then one time the bear just comes and destroys the fence. And it's like now you just have a beat up fence around the same dumpster that was already there. You've made no progress. (laughs) So I I don't like the hawk idea. Do you, you? The hawk sounds way worse to me. Well, I didn't realize that the bear was back. Or there's another bear, like they trade it off and one goes to another neighborhood and there's some sort of, uh, you know, work exchange program. I wish you would have mentioned it to me when I came to visit you and it was dark out that I had to be on the lookout for bears. I was not in bear mode at all. For sure wasn't in, in hawk mode. But I think the uh, the end of this article, just how nonchalant they, uh, they're they talking to uh, a hawk expert and he said, Oh yeah, you know the the hawk's aggression. You know it, it'll wear off once you know the, the the babies are hatched and you know they're they can kind of fend for themselves in about six to seven weeks. Oh yeah, so you know in, in a month or two you'll be able to leave your house safely. Good luck. It's where we live. Th- this this reminds me very much when we were renting an Airbnb in San Diego one time. We we called the the host to let them know that there's just an absurd amount of ants inside. And, and I get it. Like, you know, it's a hard thing to keep up. It's a, kind of a constant upkeep. It's not we do it one time and it cures everything. But the guy that they sent in to repair or whatever or work or spray or whatever addressed the ant problem. He goes, you know, uh, these ants were here before us, you know. It's just like, <laughs> like, all right, cool, man. I understand the hawks here, too. But, like, I, you know, I bought a house. I, I live here. Like, there's there's other decisions that have, have been made after the existence of, of this habitat, you know, this is, I'd like to feel a little bit more like a priority. Yeah, guy, did the ants pay you to say that? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. He, he might be Ant-Man. I don't know. He's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We got to move on to this. We got a, a quick podcast here. It's a summer podcast. So we're going to 
touch a few quick topics here, and then we're going to spend most of our time doing a one-on-one draft right now. Uh, we're going to draft our most successful Duke players, most successful Duke career players. We're going to do a top five. We're going to do a snake draft. Uh, one of us picks and the other one picks and so on. Uh, but before we do that, let's do a quick little recap around the world here of just some sports topics. DeAndre Hopkins not coming to New England, very much going to Tennessee and getting way more money than he ever should have. I think the holdout was worth it. I think getting sitting out and waiting for this this contract of this team is, was exactly what he should have done. Is Tennessee really that much better? He didn't hold out. He didn't hold. All right, but he held. He could have he, signed with us like last week for a million dollars. He signs with them today for a lot more. Oh uh, no, it wasn't. I mean, he got he got waived. He was just weighing his options. Did you ever think he was seriously coming to the Patriots? I think if the price tag, like I thought it was going to be, was I don't know a quarter of that, a third of that, I, way less than what he got. What he got two years for ten million. It, it's too much. I, I uh, it was thirteen. It's thirteen for this upcoming year with incentive. Or excuse me, I think it might be twelve. I think it's twelve for this year with incentives that him, that can get him up to uh, fifteen. I, I just no, no. I, I like I know that the Patriots are cheap and we never pay anybody. But I I wouldn't have signed up for that either. Would you? I I don't think he was ever going to come to the Patriots. That just seems like one of those those rumors that we are just in the mix for where. We have uh, at best an average quarterback, so we need to put some weapons around him. So here was a aging weapon. So it was just like, oh well, we're for sure going to be in the mix, and it just kind of got thrown out there. But I feel like the Patriots are, are similar to the Celtics, where once you've heard the rumor, it's not going to happen. It's either the rumor happens, it never happens, or you don't hear about it and it comes out of nowhere. You know, like the Porzingis deal. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have signed it, even if even if he was on the Patriots for that money and that contract. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't be celebrating it today. I wouldn't be like, "Hey, we did it." It's fine. And and my, to be fair, like I'm not. I don't think Tennessee should either. Like, what what is what outcome has now changed for Tennessee? Like, are they suddenly a relevant team right now? With what do they have? An agent Tannehill and, a, and you, a new. You think that Hopkins is just is just toast? He, he's gonna have no impact on the field. I'm saying he's not toast. It's just I don't think he moves the needle anymore. He's a relevant player. He's gonna make a good. He he can help a good team. I just don't know if this team is good enough to really appreciate the little help that he can give them. Like, like, he's not going to put you over the hump. He's just going to make you more competitive, and that's fine. I just don't know. This isn't like a finishing move. Like, the Tennessee isn't like one receiver away, and we're all set. They have so many other problems. They, they were a mess last year. That whole division's a mess. I, I, I agree it's a decent pickup and that it's a good good value and that you didn't have this position, and you, now you filled this position, but I wouldn't have done it for the money. It's not a good long-term move, and I don't know if they're a win-now team. So that that's, that's just my... No, I don't, they, I don't think they kind of have to be. They kind of have to be a win now uh, team. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's not some sort of a, an elite player, but, but as well as Derrick Henry, he's not getting any younger. So I, I think they are in win now mode. Sure, if you think that roster reflects a win now mode versus every other roster in the league, then you know what, crown them right now because I don't think it does. They'll be lucky to win the division. I think this is a move that could have really impacted another team and barely impacts this team. I'm I'm glad that he didn't go to uh, to the Chiefs or to the Bills. That's that, that was my main takeaway from it. I think it's far more threatening when he goes to a team like that, a team with a quarterback that can actually utilize him, especially on like a case by case situation of like, all right, man, you you might just only play red zone, and that might just be perfect. Like that that, that could be fine. Versus with Tennessee, I think they're going to try to make him a full time starter on this and. I, I think it'll be fine. I just think that there might be other guys. There might be younger guys that might even be better off than this. And the specialty factor I think he could have had for 
a team like Kansas City or a team like Buffalo is far more scary. I, I think I think New England would have done a similar thing too, though. We kind of do make all the receivers specialists because we we don't routinely throw to them. You have to be really good at this one thing, and we'll do that one thing over again. But that's that, that probably could have worked. It just wouldn't have worked for that price range. All right, other other NFL news is, is that there's a lot more NFL news coming our way, and that the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers are up for hard knocks. I I know we were at risk for this for the Patriots, and that we kind of need to get our act together to avoid all of this. Uh, but it's not us, and it's going to be the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I feel like that should be the headline, right? It's New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Or does Rodgers come first, and then it's the Jets? What? What? How? How? How does the title work? Uh, well, <laughs> it's it's called Hard Knocks Training Camp with the New York Jets. So the New York Jets come first. But I got to imagine the real draw that everyone's looking for is Aaron Rodgers. I haven't watched Hard Knocks over the last couple of years. I'll generally watch the first one just just to get the taste of it, and then it, it kind of gets hard as you, as you go on. The, the cutting never gets easier, and then you kind of get to know some people that you realize aren't ever really truly relevant, and then you, you care. And I don't know. This is going to be fun because I don't care, and I'm just going to be rooting against it and just hoping for the chaos. I, I think this is all just going to be bulletin board material for the rest of the league and probably the rest of the world for the way <laughs> truly Aaron Rodgers has treated everybody. I, I don't, like, is he – He's not a hero, right? He's, he should be a villain. I feel like this, this should be a villainized team and that this is only just going to feed into it. Am, am I just a, a homer? <laughs> I I don't think of him as a as a villain or really as a hero. I mean, when one Super Bowl, I I, I mean, he, he was a good player, but I think it's just because he played in the uh, the NFC, so he's never a real threat to, uh, to to the Patriots. And every time we went head to head, it was always just a, oh, this is this, this is a big matchup, but was never a oh man, there's no way we could beat this guy. And I just don't think he had a, had a ton of success, but I think he could. It, it, it could change uh, if he has success in 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 New Jersey there, and all of a sudden if he's beating up on the Patriots twice a year for the next few years, uh, it might might change my mind. Well, you're already a regular watcher of uh, of Hard Knocks. I don't think this is really changing anything for you but for me this 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 is a little bit more intriguing just because i know how dramatic he's going to be and i know there's going to be some sort of performance of something unusual that we've never seen before in hard knocks that could only happen with aaron Rodgers. i don't know what it's going to be what are you thinking is going to happen i don't know i, I just like, said i don't know I what's going like to be you're, you're saying he's like you know he's like Kyrie irving and he's going to be doing the like the 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 smoke you know like around the field i i feel like he's not nearly as out there as, as someone like Kyrie or some some of the other guys i mean we've we've had a guy on hard knocks that was big into crystals and that was like that was a i'm not gonna say it was a whole arc of hard knocks but there was definitely an arc in one of the episodes about the different crystals and his whole crystal hobby i'm i just i'm expecting a story a weird story that you would hear about Kyrie Irving to happen to Aaron Rodgers in the next whatever weeks that this this all kind of goes down I don't know because that story was specific that was a guy I don't think he even made the team if he did make the team way down the totem pole the NFL and HBO are working together on this they're not going to do anything that makes their brand new star quarterback uncomfortable so if he wants to be the main story, the you know the, the the first scene after you know they're showing you know the the field get watered and it's Aaron Rodgers at his new house with his family. If he wants to do that, he'll do that. And if you know like last year where uh, I can't remember what, what team it was, but like the quarterback was like barely shown at all. If that's what he wants to do, they, they'll 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 allow that. That that's what I think. Well, we'll tune in in a couple of weeks and and find out. I'm just waiting for that news headline to drop and for me to say, hey, I told you so. Here it comes. It's coming.
or nothing happens, and it's just a normal season, and then we have to actually worry about the Patriots. I'm just hoping for this to be a distraction for me. This is maybe it's it's just a selfish choice that I I'm I'm addicted to the drama around these other teams, just hoping that it somehow distracts me from the mess that New England's going to be. Uh, it uh, seems like this has been a it's it's been like this for a while but really it uh it's only been like a couple of months but this will be airing on max for the first time so if you have the subscription to max you'll be able to watch this where before it would have been on hbo so it might open up to a whole new uh, audience that previously wouldn't have wouldn't have checked it out all right well that's enough about that we'll we'll get to that once the some actual meat on the bones comes with the news for right now we're gonna do a draft a little snake draft here of our Best are we doing a snake draft, or are we just going back and forth? Is it, has it, we can do it. We do it whatever way you want. You want to go back and forth? You want to do a snake draft? I think back and forth is just easier. We're just, we're just two of us. Okay. I, I, all right. That's not a problem. All right. Well, uh, seeing how this is kind of your deal here with the, the whole Duke Nation and all that, I'm going to give you the first pick, and I'm going to preference all this with we're going to do another draft next week, assuming this is somewhat successful, and I'm thinking next week it's going to be our favorite car movies. Uh we're going to put a vote up on Facebook of our favorite Duke players for this week. If uh, if you go on there and you vote and you like Zach's Duke team more than my Duke team, you can vote for him and he will get the first pick in the car draft next week. You can also post a comment on that poll and guessing what the first pick will be in the car movie draft. If you guess correctly, we might even give you something, say, like you can decide the next draft topic. But, you know, let's not get too crazy and we're really not that active on there. Just trying to stir up a little attention. All right. With all that being said, you got the first pick, and you are on the fictional clock. What is your first draft pick for your best Duke player? This one is super easy. Christian Leitner. He's got the shot. Uh, freshman year goes to the, in the starter all four years. Freshman year goes to the final four. Sophomore year goes to the championship game and then wins two national championships in uh, in his junior and uh, senior season. It's just I, I don't know, I don't know how you'd uh, you know really put anybody above him unless you were going like really old school where I just kind of just tried to keep it to generally the uh, more more of the, the the modern era for for my picks just because I, I think that's that, that, that's more fun. I think that's also fair and you know what I I looked up a lot of I looked up a ton of lists and some of the lists were from years ago and it's funny to see certain guys either rise or drop out of out of those lists. I really really so i did a rankings here i got like i don't know like 14 15 guys names written down here i really tried to make a case for grant hill to be number one but i just couldn't overcome that if we're if we're grading this strictly on a college career and not necessarily a basketball career where you can continue on and, and do all of that and you're taking all that aside and even with the struggles of grant hill i really i really just want i just liked him as a player i, I wanted to pick him more Leitner there's a lot not to like about him in terms of he's just a competitive guy and i, I think that was an easy guy to hate the stats don't lie. The success doesn't lie. I think he's easily the number one choice. Uh, with that being said, I'll, at number two, I am going to go with Grant Hill for all the reasons I just said. I, I, I tried to make an argument for him at number one, but I, I think he's kind of a no-brainer at two here. I, I, I think there's a lot of what-ifs you could say with all of these guys. I think the biggest what-if with him is his future NBA career, actually, of the amount of injuries that he kind of just goes through. Where He comes into the league as being the next big thing, possibly, arguably, and probably said as the next sort of Michael Jordan entering the league here and he goes through I don't know two three terrible knee injuries that by the end of his career he's just a luxury role player and that's kind of how he f finishes out but the college Grant Hill spectacular player I, I'm 
I think there's a lot of things you can hate on him, and you can hate on Duke all you want, but I, I, I can't hate on the talent of Grant Hill. Uh, who you got at three? Uh, for my second pick, I'm going to stick in the same era. I'm going to go with uh, Bobby Hurley. He uh, also won two national championships. He is the uh, the all-time uh, assist leader and uh, and has the Duke uh, Lee or for the Duke record for most assists in a game with 16. 16 assists in a game. That that is a lot, especially in college. All right, I did not have I did have Hurley on the list. He was not my 3. Uh, so I, in some ways, I'm winning the draft already on my rankings here, which is the only rankings that matter. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, at, at, at number four, uh, I'm going to go with J.J. Redick. I, I'm all for Hurley. I just I, I feel like Redick just called out uh, was a koozie like not too long ago, and this is actually kind of funny seeing you draft Bob Hurley ahead of J.J. Redick here. Redick, again, I think just in terms of his Duke career, an entire offense, an entire wave of attention, an entire world knowing that this guy's going to come off a screen and shooting, and yet he was still able to shoot enormously successful. Like, it, 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 there's an efficiency with this that when I think everybody knows he's going to do this thing off the screen and still being able to get it off and have a hell of a career. I know broadcasting, he's become a little bit more relevant in the NBA. I think the best thing you could say about him is what he like basically never missed the playoffs for pretty much his whole career. Almost. Almost. All right. I don't know what other NBA thing I could truly say about him other than like he was still a relevant shooter. He was a solid role player. He played on a bunch of competitive teams. Not exactly a finals MVP, but I don't think any of the names on our list really are right now. So that's 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 one one reason for another. Uh, Where did you have JJ somewhere? How far down the list was JJ for you? Uh, Had him at, at five. Had him at five. All right. So that was four. This will be number five heading to you. I'm going with uh, with Jay Williams. I think he and JJ Redick were, were pretty close, but Jay Williams gets the nod having a having a national championship where JJ Redick uh, did not, despite uh, the the personal accolades and just general success that he had. So I had to put uh, Jay Williams ahead of him, as well as uh, Jay Williams has a couple of just amazing comebacks. It's it's the whole team, but he definitely spearheaded specifically uh, the one in the regular season versus versus Maryland where. I can't remember exactly how many points it was down, but you just one of those those highlights that, especially in the summertime when you're looking for something to do, you just put the, the those final two minutes on, and the you know the team's not playing well, and he you know even tells you know the stories I've heard it on interviews where you know just kind of looks over at the bench and just kind of goes like, hey, what like watch this, and just you, you don't really see that too much in college anymore. Uh, definitely more at the uh, you know the NBA level might be able to get away with something like that, but it's definitely a a fun rewatch. I remember when Williams was drafted by Chicago and. There, there was, there was an excitement. I mean, my, my dad's kind of always been a. They grew up in Chicago, so there's, the Bulls have been relevant, at least in our household to some degree. A little bit more on the side screen, during a little bit more my era. But when when Jay Williams was drafted to the Bulls, I remember everybody being really, really excited, and for just cause, the the way the career plays out, like the, you know the motorcycle crash, and it just that that was kind of it. And then that's that's really bizarre to see how how it played out because in college, as you said, a, a spectacular player that I think is constantly overlooked especially being another analyst now, and I think he's becoming yep. a little bit more known as that. I had Jay Williams at four. I had Hurley at five. So my draft is uh, is going pretty well right now. Uh, it's uh, my pick next, right? So I at yep. what are we at, seven, six, whatever. It doesn't matter. How many more do we got to go? <laughs> I got Danny Ferry yeah, next. Yeah, you're at six. I got Danny Ferry next at six. I just saw him on all of the lists. I'm very familiar with him. I, I think this is kind of your – 
there's there's a bit of a stereotype for for some Duke guys, and maybe he fills that role a little too much, and that's kind of why I recognize him so much. But uh, I got him at six. I can't tell you a whole lot about every single one of these guys. This is a little bit before my time. Anything you got for me on Danny Ferry? Was he on your list? Uh he 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 was not on my list. He uh you know it was it's I tried to you know I did the I did Leitner and I had Bobby Hurley. It's from the from the same era, and he's he's a little bit before that, and he's definitely on those those lists. But it's just like you gotta you gotta kind of pick. And there's guys more recently that had more more of an impact on on me. So for for my list, it's just a little different. All right, who you got next then at seven? Oh, uh, see, this is where I'm just going to steal it from you. And I thought for sure this was going to be your pick like two or more ago. I'm going Shane Battier. One national championship, three-time defensive player of the year, final four most outstanding player on a team that had uh, Jay Williams on it. So, y- you know, if, if you win that final four most outstanding, it's like when the game was like the most crucial, you really stepped up. So I'm going, I'm going Shane Battier with my, my fourth pick. I had Battier at seven, and I tossed it back and forth with Danny Ferry, and they're both somewhat, I guess, role players to some degree. And, and but the Battier value of having seen him play on other teams and the way it plays out in the NBA, of just the right place, right time, doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. You can't find enough of those guys, and he was very much that type of player still in college. And plus, you got to crank up the hustle meter a, a lot on there too. So I will give him credit for that. Uh, I had him at seven, so I, I, I probably could have went in with him instead of Ferry. I, it's it's a toss-up. There's no wrong answer, really, to all this, uh, which is why I, I'm going to give a little bit more of a, of a career nod right now. I'm going to go with John Shire for just kind of the longevity, and it, it, I look at a lot of the other guys, and they were good, and they were maybe better for their, their teams in singular years, but there's there's a bit of career here that I, I think is relevant, and I think it's steady, and I think it's solid, and I, I think it's going to age very well. It may not be as flashy as, you know, some of the other names left on this list, but that's that's what I'm going with. Uh, I, th- I think this is a little bit more traditional of what Duke basketball is, is a little bit more of a player exactly like that. Uh, what do you think? Too early? And now, and now, a, uh, now, now a head coach. Yes, yes. Uh, I, do, I wonder, again, is he going to age into being more known for, for the coaching, or, or do you think that he's going to remain on other people's lists, not just mine? Well, it, it sounds simple, but when you're a player, you can only play four years max. Where when you're a coach, and he's pretty young, if he has success, he could be there. You know, Coach, coach K was there for a long time, especially these college coaches. If you have success, you are there for a lifetime. So I could easily see the next generation. It's more of a wait. Shire was also a player. Uh, easily, easily see that happening. You know, with the the recruiting that's still happening, we still have a, a, a lot of success ahead of us with uh, with Shire. Did you have Shire on your list? No. No? Not good enough? Uh, he, he did win a national championship. It just, there's there's just, like like you said, there's no, like, wrong answers. There's, like, just, there's a lot of guys, and you had to go certain certain directions. I, I just feel like the, I wanted to give him a little bit more clout for doing more years and actually winning than some of the singular superstar one years of, you know, even just like Zion, Elton Brand, Tate, like Ingram. Like there's a lot of those guys and they are great, but I just, I just give it a little bit more credit for some longevity. It's, it's, you've got to decide between, you know, a guy that was really good yeah, for one was, year and yeah, another guy that's really good yeah, for one year. It, it's yeah. One year versus versus four. And there's just, I mean, there's just like a line where, and we 
we could be going back because there's you know with the name image, image likeness of guys staying for more years so you're able to rack up more career accolades but it, yeah it, it's tough to compare like hey how how much is one year compared to three years uh, it's, it's tough to do all right i believe you are what are you a nine yes this is my uh this, this this is my 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 fifth pick this is my last pick all right who you got uh, for this one, going Zion Williamson. We were just talking about it. Uh, just just one year, just just short, just about twenty seconds short of making the making the final four. That team was uh, was very exciting. Has the crazy uh, Louisville comeback. I saw him uh, play in person at MSG. Beat Texas Tech. We had beaten all the other all other the all the other three final four teams that year during the season, and Zion he just. I can't think of very many other guys that come to mind that are just, if they're on TV, I'm making a special, uh, you know, plans to make sure to watch them. You, you know, in the NBA, I'm, like we've, we've talked about, unfortunately hasn't played that much, but definitely in college, I'm watching all of the Duke games, but there was just a little extra of, I'm not sure. Don't from the free throw line. He was supposed to go to either uh, South Carolina or Kentucky. So, Kind of saw him, but was like, hey, he's not going to be on, uh, you know, on my team, and you know, he's number three in the in the country. So then, when he chose Duke out of nowhere, just special. On top of that, we played in Canada earlier that year, or in the uh, in the summertime. So that's where you got to see, you know, empty gym, but he did dunk from the foul line. It's like this, this is wild, and just did not disappoint. And I think a lot of times these guys that are top recruits, they they do disappoint because there's just you, you put them up up so high, and there's n- to go to that next level. And I think he absolutely went to that next level, even with the, uh, with the injury and not making a, uh, not making a final four. It's, it's, it's fun. Zion's fun. It was must see TV at the time. I, I think, I think even his teammates, like even RJ, I think is relevant just for that year. That, that was a fun year. Uh, all right. Last pick here. I got a lot of other names written down. A couple honorable mentions here. I'm sure you got a couple. I mean, I got Tatum on here. I got Ingram on here. I got Carlos Boozer on here. Dunleavy Jr. Uh, John, Johnny Dawkins is probably who it should be, but I'm I'm gonna go with Elton Brand just because I again I I just feel like I have a little bit more of a relationship with Elton Brand than I, than the Dawkins is a little bit more uh, back in time. But Elton Brand again, big big force. I I don't know if it truly aged as well with. Uh, with his NBA career and and maybe even his GM career, but uh, a hell of a hell of a college basketball player, dominant in the low post, a true guy with low post moves. What a what a relic that is now. That's it's old school stuff. A uh, lot, lot of nice things to say about Elton Brand, the college player. Uh, all right, so wrapping. Really, you would you would put Tatum and Ingram in over Paulo? Uh yeah, actually, I think I would. Wow. I wouldn't. I actually didn't even write down Paul. Tatum. Wow. No, I think, I, you yeah, know, I actually, you, you know, what, you're, I'm, you're missing it. If you're if, if you're doing one and dones, Paulo went to a Final Four where Tatum and Ingram and Ingram was a little tougher because he's coming just you know the year after we won a national championship. But Tatum, I mean, you could tell the skill was there, but it just he he didn't quite have it all altogether as some of the other one and done guys have had. I, I agree with that, but I also think that there's a credit to Tatum kind of playing a little bit more within the system and not taking the opportunity to demonstrate that he can do those step backs and all that. And and, and I think the second he got into the league that we, we saw that. So 
I don't know. It's a little ballast on here. I mean, look, I wrote down every single Duke player that's ever played. All right, I this I ran out of paper. <laughs> all right, I start. You want me to start from the bottom of the list? I got Grayson Allen no. last, Jay Billis. Then it just <laughs> I, you, don't, you don't need to do that. I got every single name on here. I I, I got to flip a couple more pages to get on uh, Paulo Ventura, but he's a uh, he's a hell of a player. I just it felt a little too recent for me, and I don't know if that's enough to truly reflect on on how it how how it compares. I, I know he's already out of college, but it just seemed. It just seems too too recent for me to truly have have a good judgment on it. I think that's an argument. <laughs> Tell you what, you want to do this every ten years? We we can see if uh, anyone jumps in or jumps out. Sure, yeah. Make a uh, make 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 a note. Make a note in your phone. Ten years. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure my phone calendar will remain the same by then. Uh, yeah, well, you use Google. All right. So just as a as a reminder here, so we're gonna post our picks right now on Facebook, and you can vote between Zach's team or my team, which team you think is better or who drafted a better team and the winner of that will get the first pick in next week's draft which is going to be oh who is uh who is your final pick elton brand brand okay elton brand and then like i said uh so the winner of that whatever poll will will get the first pick of the best uh car movie draft next week we got i gotta work on the name of all this i just like i have ideas written down here but i haven't actually said them out loud uh, but I, I think that'll be fun. If you want to put a comment and try to guess what the first pick is and you guess correctly, we'll let you decide the next draft topic. Uh, how's that sound? I like it. Uh, all right. Anything else you're going to wrap up right here for this? I did have one other topic that I wanted to get to. I don't know if we have quite enough time here, but we could try to squeeze it in. And it was more or less trying to decide. I mean, the Patriots have struggled of recent. Of Who is the best coach in sports like across all sports as of right now today not not like the the history and the catalog of the resume and all of that which i'm sure some of it will factor it in but into the best coach in the league across the leagues who is it right now and i wrote down a whole bunch of names i got andy reed i got bill belichick i got greg popovich i wrote down nick saban you know i guess mike tomlin i guess sean payton's kind of back in the mix i don't know if that counts i got Eric Spolstra, John Calipari, Bill Self, Tom Izzo. I, my, my, I'm sure I'm missing tons of guys here, but in terms of like who's been dominant over the past couple of years and who I think will continue to be dominant this year, I kind of, I kind of circled around Andy Reid, and I, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes has has a, a lot to do with that, but he's he's got a hell of a track record. I mean, his team's always been competitive. I, it's more, I think it just came down to, do you want to go with Andy Reid or Bill Belichick? And has Belichick kind of given up the crown after struggling over the last couple of years? If, which, if you want to be real critical, I don't even know if he struggled truly. I just think you have that high of a standard, and you could argue you know, that how how good was that team supposed to be? I'm sure if he had Patrick Mahomes, you know, we'd be feeling very different right now. But I, I circled Andy Reid as of right now, this moment sort of thing, and I guess I'm going to give you the chance to argue what I assume is that you pick Bill Belichick as your best coach across all sports. Uh, well, I think we should say when we're doing, you know, all sports, we just did football and basketball, right? Uh, yeah. That's pretty much what I did because I was looking and then. I did have college. Was saying like, oh, should I be, you know, looking at, I don't know, like the, you know, the Michigan wrestling coach, you know, that hasn't lost in 20 years or something like that. It was just like, no, we're kind of looking for more just the, you know, the, the, the core four here. And that's at least what I went with. And yes, you're exactly right. I have Bill Belichick right at the tippity top. And I think the, the way you have to think about it 
is, you know, you're looking at Andy Reid and not necessarily the recent success. And I'll say recent in, as in, you know, the last four years or so, because Belichick, I think in the past five years has actually won a Super Bowl. So, you know, if we're going pretty significantly recently, but you got to look at, would you rather have uh, Belichick coaching Mahomes right now or not? I, and I don't know that answer. I and I would because I wouldn't I wouldn't want Andy Reid coming in to New England right now. I don't think he would do a better job. So that's kind of how I, looking at the at the two of them, put still put Belichick at the top. I I think that I think that's a fair argument. I I just I also think if you gave Andy Reid Tom Brady for as many years as he had Tom Brady, I, I'm I'm sure he's pretty successful. I, I bet Brady would still win some, some Super Bowls. I I don't know for he's going over for whatever years. <laughs> so. I, I, Wait, the, you're saying you're saying coaches need good players? I am saying that, but I, I am also Whoa, crediting. That sounds like it might be crazy talk. I am also crediting, and it's kind of why I wrote down some of the other names right now. There's a bit of an underdog overachiever, and I think Andy Reid has done that very similar to Bill Belichick a lot of years too. There's absolutely been years where there's expectations and they're the favorite, and I actually think Reid, for the most part, has actually struggled being the favorite. He's almost been better being doubted than counted on, and, and of recent being successful when being counted on, I think is is something he's truly overcome. Belichick's awesome all the time. I love his decision-making, and I will trust it to the day in and day out. But last year, there's some suspect losses and some suspect coaching stuff that it just seemed like he slipped a little bit off, and it, it's it's just for this year. You want to have it over the next year, I bet I bet we'll have Belichick back because whatever madness he's about to pull off this year, it, it's going to be impressive because I don't think our team's very good. And if we somehow have a half decent team by week eight, it's going to be entirely because of him. Versus if Andy Reid is eight and eight, or you know by week eight is a decent team, it's going to have probably not as much to do with him. So you know, I I get it all. I wrote down a whole bunch of stats both ways. Belichick's got six Super Bowls. Reid's got two. Of uh, I I tried to go even more career wise here. So how many times do you think Belichick's missed the playoffs? Three times. All right, so he's missed it six out of 28 seasons. Four of those were the four out of five with Cleveland. So it's really two out of 23 in New England. Andy Reid's missed three out of 24. A couple of those are a little early on, but it's it's more or less comparable. With, you know, These guys, if they got a decent team, they're, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Uh, they have Andy Reid's got two eight and eight season. Bill Belichick only has one. All the other seasons were above or below 500. Uh, a couple interesting... Other things I found, total playoff games, Andy Reid is 22 and 16, Bill Belichick is 31 and 13. And think how many buys there were. I tried so hard to find a way to replicate. All right, so how many buys are here? Cuz it, it's it's not it's not entirely obvious either. There's, there's, the NFL reference doesn't have that perfectly uh, plotted out. Uh all right, uh, here's an actual thing they did have though, an actual coaching decision here. Who do you think has a higher success rate on NFL challenges? And who do you think's challenged more throughout the career? I got them all. I think that uh, Andy Reid has challenged more. Bill Je- Belichick has won more, but I'm taking a stab. I have no idea. I, it's really kind of an irrelevant thing. This, this would be a terrible thing to just hang your hat entirely on this because Andy Reid's at 49% at 68 out of 138. And Bill Belichick is at 40% at 52 out of 128. So just 10 less, not... Not that different, so it actually is kind of a closer ballpark in comparison. But 
I, I do think that there's a hesitation in a situationalist with all this where some of these challenges you just throw for the hell of it just because you know you can win, and then some you just throw because you're trying to pray that a call gets overturned. So, like, I understand the strategy behind both of them and why this number really doesn't always reflect, like, the, the, the brains behind whether it was a good challenge or not. It's like sometimes you're just hoping that the ref just agrees with you or that the call just stands with you and you're challenging it just, just to hope for a prayer that maybe it, it just swings your way. It's not always a sure thing. It's really kind of what I'm saying here. Uh, but all right, so it's, it's pretty much down between these two then, Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. And I hate to say as a, as a Patriots doubter right now that I, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit towards Andy Reid. I, I love Belichick, and I agree with all of it, but I think the crown right now at this moment has just been uh, just been handed off. It's not, it hasn't been there long, all right? It's, the, hat is, the crown is still warm for Belichick, all right? Reed, Reed's barely even gotten the, the, the body temperature to adjust to it, right? It's... It doesn't even have any, you know, buffalo grease or anything on it from from Reed. It's it's still it's still clean. <laughs> still got some hoodie hoodie stuff on there. <laughs> uh, well, that's our uh, kind of second debate of the day. I didn't really write down a whole lot of other topics here, but I just wanted to update everyone on the beer mile one more time, and that uh, I'm drinking a lot of beer. Uh, that that's the update. It's it's not much more statistics or anything to add, other than like uh, beer consumption has been up of recent. And uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that'll endeavor in a, a more successful beer mile. Is, is that how that works? Have you been timing yourself, or is it still just kind of in the? So the the beer chug hasn't been timed, but it it has been much more of a we're we're trying to get this in one go, All right? Because the second attempt, I think, is re- where you really lose time and where it really gets hard. Because I, I think if you can get it all down. In one, I think there's less foam and just less. It just it's just smoother. It's not going to get any easier. I feel like the second you take your breath, it, it gets harder, and maybe it gets even more foamier. I don't know. I haven't haven't gotten there, but I'm really just trying to get down to just finishing it. I can like pretty consistently in one go, and sometimes that's easier. You got to leave the beer out. The beer's got to be slightly warmer. Cold beer, not not ideal for this. That's that's definitely a flaw. So I'm you can't be getting brain freeze. I'm doing five minutes out of the fridge and then chugging as fast as I can. And I imagine warm beer might be even easier to chug. It just will taste even worse, which is which is really the the, the problem with the chugging and, the, and doing all of this is that you you it becomes a task and you don't really enjoy the beer anymore. <laughs> oh no, that's not what this is about. No, this isn't about that at all. This is labor. When you're, when you're victorious, that's when you get to enjoy the beer and you get to enjoy the celebration. This is this is a penalty. This is this is a challenge. This is a chore. No enjoyment. No enjoyment. Well, hopefully the listeners will enjoy our midsummer podcast drafts because sports news is uh, is, is not much here. I mean, we could talk about hey, LeBron's uh, changing back to twenty three. That's that's some summertime news. Like, like he just feels like he's gonna fall behind in the women Yama jersey sales, so he's gotta stay relevant again. That's much more of my take on him. Uh, Steph Curry, really good at golf. You know, that's that's a summer story. That's <laughs> I mean, out of all the other celebrities, he's the best. He's the best at golf. I, I mean, is that really supposed to come on the podcast here and, and have an, a legitimate argument with you that you know if Curry went pro with golf, that he'd probably be the best golfer in the world? Because I, I don't really have what you told me. I, I, I kind of believe what you told me, and I thought you were a crazy person. Well, I'm not a you, you're acting as if I have a, a golf background experience in that at all. Like, I don't even know how to keep golf score. I think it's a low one wins, but I, I, I still think Curry's 
phenomenal at golf to the point where if he really wanted to dedicate this, and I wouldn't be shocked at post-career if he did do this. Playing golf at a professional level, fine. You know, they let a lot of people in. You know, you're out there. You don't make the cut, fine. But to say that he would be the best golfer in the world, I think you're just completely just overlooking all of these amazing golfers that we already have that have literally spent their entire lives and spend all, all the time working on this. Just be like, eh, no, this guy from this other sport, he could just come in, he's way better than you. I think the reason they practice so much and the reason it's so challenging is the, the mental aspect of it. Or I, I'm, I'm forgetting about that I missed the last shot and I'm shooting this shot as if I expect to make it. And I think there's a mental capacity in golf that he has an advantage of, of just being very consistent, very easy at re doing repeat actions over and over again, and, and overall being a competitive, strategic, healthy guy. And I think that all adds up to being a very good case to being a hell of a golfer. That's just my only argument. I can't. I could probably make the same argument about everyone else if I knew them as much as I do Steph Curry. I just don't. So because I do, I'm going to make the argument. Right? It's a lack of knowledge for everything else. Not really an advantage for me. All right. He. He beat Marty Fish, he beat <laughs> Derek Lowe, he beat uh, Aaron Rodgers, and who, who else famous? Uh, I, don't, I don't even know the, the other guys. Uh, Tennessee Titans kicker L. DeGreco from 2000. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. He's the first one, uh, the, fifth, the fifth active athlete to win since, since this kicker in 2000. So... I'm not trying to diminish it, but I'm just saying that if he switched over, he's not immediately going to be the best at it. He just, he won a celebrity tournament. That's awesome for me. He had the hole in one. That was fun. Walks off with it with an eagle. Also cool, but I, I wanted to pump the brakes at he's about to be uh, Jack Nicholas. If he quit, he needs to quit basketball first, right? It's not like one or and the other. It's one or the other. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy talk. It's crazy that he's as good at anything, all right? He's an incredible shooter. He could shoot anything. Oh, I missed I'm... I missed one of the big ones. He beat Charles Barkley. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if Barkley was playing righty or lefty. He, he might have had a better shot on switching. Uh, all right, we'll be back next week with uh, another Quirky Summer podcast. Uh, make sure you go to Facebook and vote, and don't vote for Zach, you know? He's not actually a Duke fan, as we proved today. I See, got the old. I got the old guys. All right, he drafted all I, the young people that are all flashy. Wearing, got all the TikTok people. Go I was ahead, wearing watch. the TikTok people. The TikTok—they don't even know. I, I was wearing a Duke shirt earlier, and then when I switched to uh, get ready for basketball and I put on a sleeveless shirt, it was another Duke shirt. So I'm ready. I was plugged in. All right. Well, Locked it's in. on. We'll see who gets the first pick next week. Uh, do your homework and prepare. And thank you as always for listening. Column A, little column B.